Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Welcome to ES First. It's great to have you here. Thanks for coming at noon. Uh, did anybody get frozen in, in yesterday? My car was completely frozen with ice, and uh, that was fun. The doors wouldn't shut. We were driving around, and, and Erica was, like, falling out at the corner, and I was, you know, <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, come back here. Um, uh, but it was fun. Um, but we're glad you're here, glad you're safe, and glad the Chiefs are playing today. Did anybody go out and buy, like, vegetarian meatballs or anything like that to put in their crock pot? You know, they're fasting. So we're fasting, and we're 21 days of, of fasting and prayer um, through basically the end of January, and then you'll have the Super Bowl off to just pig out on a whole bunch of grease if you want. And, uh, but we're 21 days of fasting and prayer. We take this time at the beginning of the year to just to focus on God. Some people are, are doing a, a Daniel fast, which is just all vegetables, no meat, no sweets, no dairy, no bread. Some people are doing just a meal a day or two meals a day. Some people are giving up an item or a certain technology or TV or whatever that is. Um, some people are doing other things. Whatever, it doesn't matter as long as it hurts a little bit to get it gone. Uh, that's what fasting is. It's, it's setting aside something to seek God. And so fasting is a biblical principle where people would actually, the Bible would say that Jesus would, or God would say, consecrate yourselves. He would say, put aside some things and, and, and don't eat and, and get ready for me to speak to you. And so this part of our year is, is setting aside to God these first three weeks to just look to God uh, and to, to see him move in our lives in, in awesome ways through the year. We started this around 2012, and uh, this is, I don't know what that makes this now, eight, year eight, I guess. Maybe. I forget how it works, but um, it should be year eight. And uh, we've seen people be healed. We've seen people uh, kick smoking. We've seen people uh, get babies. Say amen, somebody. Uh, We've seen people, uh, financial miracles. We've seen people grow closer to God. And uh, if you haven't already this week... um, started fasting. I urge you to fast. It's not too late. You can just start, even if you don't do uh, three weeks from now, if you just do the rest of the time with us, whatever. Um, it's a great time. You don't want to miss out. And even if it's just like, you know, I'm going to give up coffee. That's it might even feel kind of demonic to do that. But, uh, you know, just an item where you're like, I'm just going to do this and set aside some things. And uh, maybe you're this week, you were fasting and you fell off the wagon. Anybody fall off the wagon? Don't raise your hand too high. You fell off the wagon. Um, just get back on the wagon. You don't have to, like, just wait till next year. You can get right back on. And uh, we want you to participate. And, uh, you know, if you drove through and you were, like, pissed off at me and you were like, I can't believe Brandon wants us to fast. And you drove through Burger King, grabbed the triple Whopper with extra cheese and bacon. And you're like, ah, there you you go, Brandon, I'm fasting. No, you know, whatever. I'm praying for you, first of all. But second of all, it's not too late to start again. So just keep going. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So today I want to talk to you about a few different things and kind of a little bit about fasting um, and, and some ideas behind it and what's going on in your life. Because sometimes you don't realize till the next year what went on the last year. So if this is new for you this year, I want you to kind of get ahead of the curve and be able to see what's going on, but also um, point out some things to you along this journey. It's like, 
um, when something's happening to you internally, it's good to have a doctor to come by and say, this is what's happening in your body. You're like, oh, I see what's going on. You ought to be, you know, searching WebMD and figuring out all your symptoms. Like having someone guide you along the way is good. Or when you're going to college or when you're, whatever it is in your life that's transitioning and it's, it's weird, it's good to have somebody to help you along the way. So I want to do that as we're fasting today and point out a few different things. So prayer uh, or fasting is really constant prayer before God. It's, it's, it's like instead of just using words, we're using our life to pray before God. Um, fasting is also a way that uh, we feel as if we are neglecting something to, to pursue God. You know what I'm saying? So every time you feel hungry, and, and, and the rest of the year you feel hungry, and then you automatically eat. You're like, well, I just need a coffee. I just need um, food. I just need to get something in me. Now what's happening is you get hungry, and instead of running to a thing to fill your need, you go, oh, yeah, I'm fasting because I want to turn to God in my life is a constant reminder of the prayer that's going on between you and God. So in, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, this, this idea, I mean, the fasting was going on, but this idea of the Daniel fast comes from that, and that Daniel um, was, was praying for his nation, which was under siege, basically, from Nebuchadnezzar, and they were under the rule of Babylon, and, uh, and they were feeling, fearing for their lives, they were feeling for their uh, fearing for their livelihood. And so Daniel set himself to pray. And the Bible says that he went on, uh, he, he, he ate no choice foods. So just basic, just basic food. So that's what we're doing here in Daniel fast. And the Bible says that he fasted uh, for 21 days. He didn't have a set date to stop. He was going to stop when he saw the answer. Okay, and so he started praying, and he fasted for 21 days, and on the 21st day, an angel came to him and said, I've been trying to get here since the first day you started playing. Since you set your mind to pray, I've been on my way, but in the spirit realm, he was, he was caught up fighting uh, other spiritual entities, demons, principalities, powers, and they were, they were pushing against him, pushing against the answer that God had sent to Daniel. Now think about that. In your life, the first day that you started to pray, when you started to, to fast, you wrote a list of things you're praying for. You're praying for your loved ones. You're praying for your kids. You're praying for, for healing, financial miracles. You're praying to get closer to God. And God has already sent your miracle. He's already sent things for, for, for you in your life. But there's spiritual warfare that goes on. And the Bible says that, that actually um, it was the fasting and, and continuing to fast that, that brought the healing, that brought the answer to Daniel. Now think about that. And probably you have had more interaction with opposition since you started fasting. You know, like you decided you were going to fast, and the next day, everybody, like, it was like free barbecue at work. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was like just, just to get you off track, to get your, to your mind off track. To, uh, and, and then something happened at work. Something happened in your family. Something happened in your finances. It was like something was held up. Well, the, 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 the Bible relates to this in saying that God has already sent your answer. He's sending things to you. He's sending healing and provision and power to your life. Do not give up. Keep fasting. Keep praying until you see the thing happen. But you have something that you're fasting and praying for, and you're going to receive opposition. You're going to hear people say that God can't do that. Why are you fasting? That's stupid. Oh, yeah, I fasted last week. I lost, I lost 10 pounds on my intermittent fasting. Everybody's got something they're going to say about your fasting, but you know that God has called you to a fast, and this is a time for you to see through what God is doing in your life. 
He desires to do something great so fast. That's what Daniel did, and that's where we come from. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel were called to fast. They were called to fast different times of the year to set aside things and to seek God. That's what we're doing is seeking God in these first three, three weeks. Even somebody said, well, uh, why are you fasting if, you don't, if you're not seeking anything? You should be seeking God first. That's why when Jesus came, he said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. He said that because we seek God as our first love. And some people are like, I was just thinking the other day, like, God, I, I need I need to feel your presence in greater measure like I did and then just point it back to different times. Have you ever felt like you were far from God? Anybody ever felt like they were far from God? Well, you can say you're far from God all, all you want, but God is actually not far from you, he says. And so then we need to reassess and go, well, maybe it's some things in my life that I've put before God. Maybe I'm not seeking God. Maybe I'm not, I'm not looking to his answer. I'm looking to everything else. So fasting recalibrates that and gives you the opportunity to seek God first. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, he tells the uh, church of Ephesians, he says, he says, I have this against you. You've lost your first love. You go to church. You evangelize. You do all the spiritual things. They look good on the outside, but you've lost the kindling of the first love of me. Return to me is what Jesus' cry is for the people. So as we fast, that's what we're doing. So as I've, I've written down four different points for this, that's kind of a, a fasting recap um, from all of the Bible. Uh, but I've written down four things that's happening during this fast that, that God is doing. So if you could ask God, God, what are you doing during this fast? What's happening during these 21 days? I want to speak to that, and then I want to give you a little bit of a story from one of my favorite heroes of the Bible. So what is God doing this, during this fast? The first thing is he is growing your faith. So you are growing in faith in 20. Like I remember like uh, Sarah and Dustin, if, if you point back to like 2012, they would tell you about their first fast, if they could write a book about it and how they went through and, and how each year they're growing in faith. Am I right about that? Growing what they're doing. And I, I remember like Melody, the first year that we, I'm always pointing at Melody and, and whatever, but she's pretty excited and on fire. Um, but I remember the first, first year she came out, I was like, we're doing a Daniel fast. And she comes in and she says, I didn't realize it would be this hard. I said, what would be this hard? It's like, just like fasting. I'm like, well, what are you fasting? She's like, I haven't eaten a thing in two weeks. Right? But I bet you she could go back to those days and she could point back to what God was doing then is creating where she is today. Right? And so what God is doing, he's growing you in faith. You need a dependency on God. Dependency is, is understanding that God has said something you're taking him at his word, and you are dependent upon it. Now, if you have ever traveled, you realize that when you travel, it can be a little bit scary. So, like, when you go to the airport, and you walk through, and they, they say, let me see your ID and your, and your ticket, whatever. You have something in your hand that says, I purchased a ticket. When I walk in here, I deserve to get on that plane. Right? And when somebody says, I'm sorry, this ticket is no good. Right? It ever happened to you? No, because you purchased the ticket, unless you're late for the flight, which I have done before, and then I was a little bit hot under the collar, and I was like, mm, what am I going to do? And you're scared because you have no answer. You're not sure of your dependency. Your dependency is on a ticket you paid for. Everything is happening. So when they say, no, you can't get on this flight, you say, why not? I'm dependent on this ticket. Right? And so when it comes to God, God says things in his word, and most people are looking at things in the word and say, well, that'd be nice. Wouldn't that be something? 
Wouldn't that be sure be great if God could do that today? God never stopped doing the things that he was doing before. He was continually moving in our lives. And he says, I am continuing to do the impossible. I'm continuing to move in your life. I'm not far from you. I desire to be a part of your life. I, I, I want to show up. I want to do great things in your life. The Bible says that the people that know their God will be mighty and do exploits. That's an amazing verse. And so God has not changed that plan. But oftentimes our dependency is we walk in and, and the situation says, I'm sorry, you can't get on. We need to look at the ticket and say, I, my, my faith, my dependency is on what God said, not what, what's, what's right in front of me. And so what we're doing in, in fasting is we're growing in that faith, that dependency. But trust me, I've taken people all over the world, and uh, sometimes they don't know what to do at the airport. Right? The first time I had it, Melody Donovan, it's like I got her all. I got her on the plane. We got to L.A. and we we walked out and we we go down. And she's got her bags and I'm, I've got like 14 people on an island in between traffic, you know, like a like concrete island. And I'm like, okay, now there's going to be a bus as soon as it rolls up. Oh, bizarre! We're going to get on there as fast as we can. We're looking for a blue one. Okay, we get up. Uh, the first bus that rolls up, they open the door. Melody jumps on it. Right. I'm going to drag her back and her bags back. It's like, don't move until I tell you to move. Right? And then I said to Sarah, I said, Sarah, keep an eye on Melody. Right? Some people uncertain where to go. You go to a different country. Like when I got off in, in Belize and we got off on the tarmac and we walked, it seemed like there was a sea of people. And I could not find my daughter. She was still on the plane. And I'm like, where is my daughter? And I'm like, I'm going to stand here and wait for her to get off the plane. They were like, sir, you need to keep walking. And I said, my daughter's on there. She's a minor. I said, I don't care. Keep walking. And we walked with a sea of people. And I turned to Mike Cooper. I said, I can see how people got killed in the Holocaust. Like we just led in here. You need to go in here. We stood in line. We didn't know where we were going. You talk about uncertainty, right? The only thing we had was they were Americans, and we had passports. That's the only thing we had. And I had a fan that was battery-operated, so I could stay cool. There's uncertainty that comes with that, and the world is giving you uncertainty all the time about your bills, about your family, about your children, about your marriage, about your future, about your past. The, Bi the, the world is spitting uncertainty, and the Bible says that you can be dependent on what God says, but most of us have no clue. We need somebody to go, here's what God says, here's your ticket, here's where you need to go, here's what you need to be a part of. And that certainty grows as we seek God during fasting. So you're growing in dependency. The second thing is fasting focuses your faith. <clears throat> or, I'm sorry, focuses your mind. I wrote, the, I wrote, I was looking at the wrong thing. Focuses your mind. Now, the mind is a powerful thing. Amen? Your mind is a powerful thing. Um, my wife and I have been talking about dreams, like dreams that you have while you're sleeping. And then we watched a movie called Inception where people get inside your dreams and they're in there with you and then they place things in there and it's, it's a really strange movie and you're really confused about it. You're like, what's going on? And like, which dream is this? Is this the first dream, the second dream, the third dream, the fourth dream? Which level are we at? Deep subconscious stuff. But you start to realize that your mind is very, very powerful. If you studied out your mind and the things that you think about and the things that you dwell on, Oftentimes, your mind is just steered around by everything else. You have input from everywhere else. 
right? The world is, I mean, Facebook can figure out what you're thinking and put it in an ad for you, right? You're thinking, I'm hungry for steak. You didn't even tell nobody. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, Texas Roadhouse, come get some rolls. You're like, yes, Lord. How did you know that, Facebook? Because they can read your thoughts. That's how, right? Your mind is a powerful thing. And so what fasting does is it actually focuses your mind. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like your thoughts are on eating all the time. It feels like your thoughts are on what you're going to eat, where you're going to go. But actually, if you take this time and set all that stuff aside, what happens is, is you begin to focus your mind on what God's doing. Every time your, your stomach grumbles, quit complaining and start focusing on God. Every time you feel a little hunger pain and, and stuff is, is feeling weird inside your tummy and you're feeling lightheaded and you got a little bit of a headache, you need to focus on God. You need to focus on what he said. Focus on what you're doing here because in three weeks it'll be over. And you're like, what did I do? I just lost 10 pounds. That's all I did. God wants you to focus on him. He says that there's peace when you focus your mind on Jesus. He says that nothing is impossible if you'll just believe him. He says that things are are changing for the good because he is working in all things, good and bad, when you believe him and you love him. That's what the Bible says, and it is a focus that you need to have to recalibrate for your 2020. It's absolutely essential that you and I focus our minds on the word of God and what God is doing, and we do that through fasting. Hopefully you begin to see that. If not, maybe you need to cut some things out because it's really easy to switch one addiction for the next. I'm addicted to food, trust me. I'm so addicted to food. Anybody else? Who can't go one day without food? Mm, Hallelujah, right? We are addicted, and so then when we don't eat, what do we do with our time? We just find something else to replace it. We find another TV show. We find another game on the internet. We find more Facebook. You know what's really, really easy to do? And this may be my hang up, I don't know. But it's really easy to think about what you're going to eat when you get done. And Instagram has like whole hashtags. I follow like barbecue hashtags. I follow like steak hashtags. I got like straight on ribeye, over the flame, steering. And then you know what they do? They take it and they squeeze it. And all the juices come out. I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. It's really easy to get caught up thinking about what you're going to eat, what you're going to what you're gonna do when it's all done. Right? How many people has got like a list of restaurants they're going to go to when they're done? I do. It's really easy to replace one thing with the other when you need to be replacing it with Jesus. you got to focus your mind. So fasting focuses your mind. Um, fasting grows in intensity. Now, if you ever studied compounding, compounding is an interesting thing that a lot of people say they understand, but they've never seen it work firsthand. Compounding is incredible. And actually, fasting and prayer compounds the intensity of your prayer. When you go from one day to the next day, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm fasting. Three days when you're like, I could quit this now. I've gotten everything out of it. I need to get out of it. But actually what God is doing is he's growing something in you. If you stick with it, you're going to find out that it multiplies and multiplies and compounds, and it does amazing things. And on day 21, at the end of the, the encounter week, and you've been here for five days hearing the word, been praying, worshiping, getting excited, feeding people, you've been, you've been doing all that you're doing, God is going to grow something intense in your spirit and your soul that you cannot run away from. God desires to do these things in you and through you. He's just waiting for you to pay attention to him. 
He's just waiting for you to look to him. He's just waiting for you to believe in faith because that's the kind of God he is. It grows in intensity. And then fasting also reveals the flesh. Now, we're studying the book of Romans. Romans is an incredible book, I think. But we're getting ready to go in these chapters talking about the flesh versus the spirit. The whole spiritual life is the flesh versus the spirit. The whole Christian life is in you deciding if you're going to follow after the spirit or follow after the flesh. So when we fast, what we're doing is we're denying the flesh something. We can't deny it everything, but we deny it something. And when you deny it food, something inside of you pays attention. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like your kid, like you can tell them to clean their room. You can tell them, you know, do this and you can spank them. You can do all that stuff. But you take their phone, by God, they're like, I'll do anything you want me to do. Right? You're like, you know, I'm just going to go down to the phone company. We're going to cut this off and get rid of this all together. Ah. It's that way with you and food. Start cutting stuff off. It gets really weird. But what's God trying to do? He's trying to reveal to you the places that are weakest to you. Things you've been following after the flesh. And the Bible says sin is actually missing the, missing the mark. It's missing the place that he has for you. Which means it can be, it can be just off to the left a little bit. It can be just like, nothing, not like you fell off the wagon, had an affair, and, and blah, blah, blah. Stuck at alcoholism. It's, it's not like any of those things that we, I mean it can be. But sometimes it's just missing what God has for you, is best for you. And the flesh is always guiding you towards missing. The flesh's desire is to, to guide you towards missing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like every cartoon growing up as a kid, there's always somebody, uh, an antagonist, that wants to uh, get them off the beaten path. Get them in a place where they follow the wrong way that they miss what's best. They're out of happiness. They're out of blessing. They're out of the place. And I'm talking about a cartoon like it's church. Ah, they bless, you know, Tom and Jerry. And Jerry was blessed, and Tom was trying to get him off the blessing, Jesus. Uh, but it's true. It's a place that God has for you, and God is doing everything in his power to get you to follow him. And the Bible says it's not hard. It's not hard. Think about that. It's not hard. The Bible says it's not hard. Not hard to find God. It's not hard to hear God. It's not hard to even follow God. He says, but many will not do it. Why? Because it's easy to go the other way. It's easy to miss. It's easy to follow the flesh. It's easy. It's wide and everybody's doing it. It may be narrow. It may be simple. It may be this way, but God has it for you and he's taking you that way. And so fasting actually reveals the places in our life that are not like God and we have the opportunity to line them up again and recalibrate. If you get off just a fraction of an inch today, five years from now, you'll be completely in the wrong place. That's why it's important to recalibrate each and every step of the way. And that's why a fast is so important at the beginning of the year. So I want to talk today about uh, one of my favorite Bible characters, Elijah. Elijah was a prophet of God. And... Uh, he was, he was outspoken. As a matter of fact, there was the evil king, and he, he married a woman who was completely ungodly. It was King Ahab, and her name was Jezebel, right? And we don't know much about things, even if you're not a Christian, okay? You know not to name your daughter Jezebel, right? Am I right about that? 
Anybody got a Jezebel running around at home? Like by real name? No. You want to know why? Anybody ever dated Jezebel? Like real name? Kevin, maybe? No? Okay. Just checking. No, you didn't. Why? Because Jezebel was evil. She was evil. As a matter of fact, in, in her demise, actually, dogs came and ate her flesh at the front of the gate. And she was laying there just blah, devoured under the judgment of God. But Ahab was wrapped up in this woman, and uh, they were together. And, and, and the Bible says that, that Elijah declared a famine on the land for three years. He, I didn't say three years. He actually went, went before Ahab and Elijah, and he said, It's not going to rain until I say so. You know what I love most about that is that Elijah was involved with God. That involved with God that Elijah said, it won't rain until I say it. He wasn't like, you know, it's not going to rain until God decides it. He's like, it won't rain until I say it's going to rain. Okay? So he goes, and there's a drought. Now, because of this drought, we go three years, and then Jezebel's like, I am going to kill Elijah. Right? Elijah has gone out to Mark Carmel, and he's, he's, he's gone before the people. He says, let's, let's just have a big battle today, and the God who rains down fire from heaven is the real God. Israel had started to follow other gods, and so he brought out a calf, and, and, uh, and fire came down from heaven and burned up the calf, burned up all the rock, burned up all the water he put on it. Just, he was just showing off. Okay, and the prophets of Baal couldn't get anything to go on their fire. They had kindling, and they were calling out. They were, you know, cutting themselves and crying out to Baal to answer their prayer, and he didn't. But God answered in one minute. So then Elijah goes and he kills the three hundred prophets of Baal, and then uh, and Jezebel's like, "I'm going to kill Elijah." So he goes and he hides. But this portion of Scripture is right after that, okay? So what happens is, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41, okay? So um, he kills all the prophets of Baal, and in 41, here we go. And Elijah said to Ahab, go and eat and drink, for there is a sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. So he says, Elijah goes and he, he, he puts his head between his knees. Now most of us think that we're praying, but you haven't prayed till you get your head between your knees. I'm talking about that's like serious child pose. I mean, you really got to work on that. And Elijah goes and he prays and he puts his head between his knees and he prays earnestly that it would rain. Okay, he prays with everything inside of him for this miracle that it would rain. Right? And then he tells his servant, he says, go and check. And the servant comes back and says, there's nothing. Now, most of us, when we pray, we pray for something. We don't get our head between our knees. We don't even go up to the mountain. We just kind of throw something up against the ceiling and then hope that God answers it. And if there's nothing, then we go, well... I guess it wasn't God's will. Am I right? Some people are saying, my dad would say, some people are saying, oh man, amen, and some people are saying, oh me. <laughs> so what does he do? The Bible says that seven times he had him checked. So he, he went and prayed. It wasn't like he was like, okay, let's pray again. Uh, Lord, send the rain. He went back 
to praying earnestly. He went back to praying with power. He went back to being concerned about the miracle. And then he told the servant, go and check again. Servant comes back, and I'm sure everything inside of, I, mean, I bet Elijah had goosebumps. He's like, oh, he's in the waiting. I think everything inside of him was all spiritual. He's like, get the lights going. Get the smoke going. Somebody play some worship music. Play my song. I cried every tear. And then the, the servant's like, you know what? There's nothing out there. And then he has to get himself all worked up again. Well, you know what? I just don't feel like praying anymore. You know what? I don't feel like fasting anymore. You know what? I don't feel like going to church and worrying about it. If God doesn't care about my miracle, then I don't care about God. Doesn't do any of that. He puts his head between his knees and he prays again, fervently, earnestly, with everything inside of him. And then he says, go check. I feel goosebumps on the back of my neck. Go check. I just heard Stephen Furtick talk about my thing on his sermon. Comes back. Nothing. Seven times. And then he prays again. And this time when the servant goes, he comes back and he says, you know, it's probably nothing. But way out there, there's like a cloud. I see a cloud. It's not a big cloud. It's not like storm cloud. It's not like, you know, you feel the warm front coming through, you know, and it's like the, the weather is shifting. I, I, over the water, I see it's like the size of my hand. Just out there. And Elijah doesn't go, well, I'm going to pray some more. He doesn't say, well, let's see what God says. He says, that's the answer I'm looking for. Doesn't look like rain clouds. It doesn't look like anything he wants it to be. All it looks like is something kind of like maybe might be the answer. And Moses, full of faith in the Holy Spirit, says, that's what I've been looking for. I wonder if maybe the answers you've been looking for look like the size of the hands I feel. Some of us haven't even gotten to the praying part yet. We're still worried about what we're going to make for dinner for our children. You know what I make for my kids? McDonald's. That's not true all the time. But if I'm fasting and I don't want to have to worry about it, I just roll through. Boom. Here you go. Chicken nuggets for everybody? Yeah, get the 20 pieces. Fine. I'm going to starve right here. Keep working. Keep going. Keep praying. Keep believing. And there's some things that are out there, and it's like, you know, I don't see the miracle. It's just not happening. I don't know what's happening. And there's some stuff that's like, baby, you see that? That looks like a miracle. That looks like the thing we've been praying for. I know it doesn't look like the full thing yet, but I, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear that this intensity is growing. It's compounding. It's time to put away the flesh. It's time to set aside some things. It's time to look to God. Constant prayer before God yields incredible expectation. God, I'm expecting. Why? Because this hurts. 
God, I'm expecting, just like Daniel. Until I see the answer, I'm going to fast and pray until I see it. Years later, in the book of James, I'm going to read off the screen. James is talking about prayer. He says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, that right there is incredible because it just says this. It says, first of all, when you're a righteous person, and most of us chalk it up to this, I'm not righteous. You're like, I'm going to heaven, but I'm not righteous. I'm just an old sinner. That's BS. That's a load of crap. You can't be going to heaven and not be a righteous person. And then people go back and go, you know what, I'm not righteous then. I need a little, little. No, it's this. Jesus makes you righteous. It's the grace of God. It is, it is his sacrifice for your sin that makes you righteous. So every day that you get, I'm just a poor old sinner. I'm just, oh, you know, a hopeful man, make it to heaven. There's even, there's even bless their hearts, old hymnals. Old hymn, this is why I don't like hymnals half the time, because they don't line up with the word of God. So I realize it's your favorite song. It says that Jesus would die for such a worm as I. And then we come in here and we go, oh, such a worm as I. You're not a worm. You're the righteousness of God. You're righteous, saved, delivered. God has you in a place in his hands that makes you righteous. You can go back and count all your sins up, and you can all sit around and have a testimony about how bad you were when you were 17, 25. doesn't matter. You can just go through and talk about how bad you were, but when you received Jesus, whoop, saved, righteous. You cannot do it. So let me tell you, righteous person, when you pray, is it effective? Is it powerful? Half the time, Christians are running around trying to find somebody who has enough power in their prayer to pray for them. You need to look in the mirror and say, your prayers are powerful and effective, buddy. You need to look at your situation and say, I'm sorry you can't stay that way. My prayers are powerful and effective. That when somebody comes to you and says, will you pray for me? You don't say, I need to go and find Brandon. I need to find Pastor Block. We need somebody to pray for these guys. You need to say, I can pray for you. When I pray, something happens. Powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. And then he tells this story. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Thank you. That was good. How many Bible stories have you read that that would be amazing if God could do that? I've read the Elijah story and thought that would be amazing. Call down fire from heaven. Wouldn't that be awesome? Calling down fire from heaven is one thing. Making it not rain for three and a half years? Wow. And then when you feel like it, just start it back up again. Why? Because he prayed. And the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. What does effective mean? Have you ever tried, like some people had like the flu this year. Have you ever tried some medicine that didn't work? 
right? Ineffective. Ineffective. Have you ever used someone else's strategy for something and it didn't work? Ineffective. Ineffective. Have you ever replaced the part on a car and it was the wrong part and your car still didn't start? Ineffective. Wrong thing. Doesn't work. Not powerful. Those words are not used anywhere in this passage when it talks about you in prayer. Ineffective is not in your description. Righteous, powerful, and effective. This is who we are. This is why we move in fasting. This is why we set aside time to seek God. It's to get back to powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. And Elijah wasn't Jesus. The Bible says he was just an ordinary man, just like you. Just like you. Just like me. Just regular. Question is, what are you looking for God to do in your life that he's saying, I want you to pray about it. I'll get involved. You stopped praying and just started worrying about fasting. You stopped praying and just started complaining. You sit around worrying more than you pray. That's the kind of people we are. Unless we fast and direct our hearts towards God. And then you start being the kind of person like, well, they come find you. Hey, get that crazy lady. We got some problems. What, what do you think? And you start saying, I think that all things are possible to those who believe. I believe that my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. I believe that our best days are ahead of us. I believe that we can arise, shine, for the light of God has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. Darkness covers the whole earth, but nations will run to your light. Why? Because I believe in the ticket dependent on God and what he's doing in our life. You stand to your feet. Just bow your heads and close your eyes where you are. It may seem like things are not panning out. It may seem like your life is all over the place. This fast is to recalibrate that. It may seem like the heavens are shut and you can't interact with God, but actually God is interacting with you every single day of your life. Every time you breathe in, God is interacting with you. You get to choose whether you interact with him. He desires to be with you. He desires to move in your life. He is not an absentee father. He is not negligent. He is interacting with you every single step. He said, would you pray? I'll send rain. Don't give up. Your prayers are powerful and effective. Today, if you're here, say, Brandon, this resonates with me. I need to, I need to recalibrate some things. 
even the Spirit of God is speaking to you now. He's been speaking to you since we started. You just lift your hands where you are. Amen. Awesome. God, do it in us. Transform our hearts. Draw us to prayer in a greater way. We want to know you for real. Forgive us for not believing that our prayers are powerful and effective. Forgive us for not believing that you have made us righteous. We're the righteousness of God. Father, deliver healing. Deliver more than enough. Abundance, prosperity, health, everything that you have desired for your children, let it rain on us today. Spark in us a passion for your presence. Spark in us a passion for prayer. Spark in us, God, the fire from heaven, the Holy Spirit of God, to follow you in greater levels. We know, God, we know there's more than this. We know that you can do exceedingly more. We know that you can pour it out on your people. And we are praying today, crying out, pour it out on us. We calibrate for you, God. We recalibrate our whole entire lives this time of year to see you move in us. Do more. Do more. Do more in us than we ever thought possible. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a big praise where you are today. You may be seated.